0: Hello and welcome to How the Fuck Did You Bounce Back? I'm Rebecca Lee, your host. And in this episode, I chat with a wonderfully talented, multi-hyphenate, Colin Dark. Now, I know Colin from TikTok. He's a TikTok artist. He has a fuck ton of followers, Um, but he's also a lawyer, which I did not know until this interview. We talk a lot about uh, sobriety in this episode and alcoholism. We talk about how a car accident that was caused by a DUI that he had changed his life. We talked about how he's 18 years sober. We talk about clinical depression, medication, and therapy. We also talk about what it means to be a multi-hyphenate and how it manifests both on social media, in your hobbies, in your career, financially. So if you're curious about sobriety, or if you're a multi-hyphenate wondering how others who are also multi-hyphenates operate in the world, then this is the episode for you. Also, I haven't said this in an intro before, but I absolutely should have, And well, moving forward. But if you're in need of mental health assistance, if you're experiencing a mental health emergency, you can call or text 988 or go to 988lifeline.org. So if you need some support, just know you're not alone and there's help out there for you. So without further ado, this is How the Fuck Did You Bounce Back with guest Colin Dark. Colin, thank you so much for joining me. I'm so pumped to talk to you. Um, I know you as an artist on TikTok, and that's all I know. I know a little bit about you from what you like, what we talked about before this, but not much. So I'm super excited to get in depth and and chat with you. So thanks, first of all, thanks so much.
1: Of course, no, thank you. It's then,
0: uh, yeah, what?
1: No, nothing. Here I go. It's it's fun. You create the forum for people to just talk. It's I'm like I just quit my job and that's one of the things. Ooh. So I'm like in my basement uh and not interacting with people, which isn't good for me because I love to interact and talk to people. Yeah. So I'm reaching out to any human to be hey, like Hey, I
0: get it. What's oh. up? Yeah, man. I need to be better about that. Uh because I will I like being by myself. And so like I will just like kick it alone for days, days, days at a time and then be like, Oh, I guess I have to say hi to somebody. Uh so I, I I'm the opposite of you. I'm like I'd be great in a basement. Uh
1: yeah, check that. So she, <laughs> you go down when it's a little dark, you come up when it's a little dark, you're like, oh, yeah. not like
0: yeah. Um, okay, cool. So the first question that I always ask is, is there a low point, a challenge, a low season in your life that you can think of that you're most proud of overcoming? And can you share that moment with us?
1: Yes. Or so series a of a few, events. Well, yeah, there's a few series, like the roller coaster of life, which is always fun and character building. Which I've I've built a lot of character. I
0: know. People are like, you're so strong now. And I'm like, I don't want to be. I don't want to have any more character. I have the most character I could ever have. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, fuck off. Yeah,
1: so I was somewhat of a jackass growing up. And youngest of five, you know, and, you know, parents kind of like after three, it's like, all right, you guys win. And so no real rules. And... I, my initial failure, I'll go over a few learning failures. Wait, where did you, to,
0: where did you grow up? Did you grow up in Detroit?
1: Yeah, right outside of Detroit, okay. which I grew up in Gross Point, which is like the affluent suburb out of, um, uh, by Detroit. So that, I don't really have any street cred. Uh, and, but I did, you know, we would go and buy liquor in Detroit. So that's something sure. like, And, uh, so developed a drinking problem, uh, in middle school and kind of, uh, ran with that for a while, was going to go, I was all into all art all the time. And that's the only class I really focused on because I, as you saw my TikToks, I love to draw, I love to create. So I was convinced I was just going to be a famous artist, not putting any work into it, just like creating art. And then you know, showing it to like one or two people every like six months expecting that would do something. And I was going to go to art school, ended up going to um, a local college because art schools was insanely expensive. And, uh, the college was, it's called Western Michigan and like the nickname's Western because it's a fun school. Mm. So a lot of party and so almost. There's a couple classes I just stopped going to my first semester and then I tried to go for the final and couldn't find where the classroom was so shockingly I almost failed out. Sure. (laughs) Didn't fail out Uh, but I was paying for college and everything and was working a few jobs but that made sure initially I would focus on like being able to buy beer or like liquor versus food and stuff Mm -hmm. uh or pay my rent so what my first low point is i wasn't paying my rent and got evicted and had to move back home um from college and that that was i was flailing around in college and then when i got almost evicted i was able to like beg and borrow to get some money to pay for the rent but then that was a wake-up call of Oh, if I don't have a plan and I'm not working hard, this my charm's not going to really work out for me. Mm. So then I started working a couple of jobs and started doing really well in school. Uh, and one of my uh brothers, towards the end of college, he decided he was going to go to law school. And my father's a lawyer, my other brother was a lawyer.
0: Oh, damn. Okay.
1: And then so then my sisters and my mom were artists. So that's why I'm I'm the combo. And because my brother's 16 months older than me and we're kind of competitive with him. So when he said he was going to go to law school, I'm like, all right, I'll, I, I'll take the LSAT too. i had to go to law school. And I actually really enjoyed law school. Like it was one of those, um, I didn't like school up until then, but something just clicked and uh i just loved it and that was and i ended up going to law school with my brother um and that really lit a fire on me and then i just kept building on that and doing i did well in law school uh and how was
0: the like drinking during that time like when you were in law school it was great like, like it was like it was happening or like it was under control
1: well the, that's the thing where like if i'm not i was just studying non-stop so I wasn't going partying or anything. I wasn't going out with anyone, but I, I had the, uh, you know, I'll, I'll get to like where I heard this advice, but it was where you can't really definitively say when you go out, if you're going to have one beer or like a case yeah, or like one, one drink, or you're going to be totally plowed. So mostly I was not doing anything drink. Drinking wise, but then like after the first semester, you know, everybody goes out to party. So then, you know, drink way too much. And then, so it was still not drinking all the time, but then when I would drink, I would drink way too much. Got it. Which as I was like doing well in school and having these opportunities and working, like in college, I worked a bunch of jobs, but it was like, you know, third shift at a dairy mart, telemarketer landscaping and stuff and now i'm working jobs but it's law clerk working in like court of appeals like cool jobs
0: mm-hmm.
1: or a lot um you know more higher challenging higher stakes i don't know yeah. and so i was in i was enjoying that but yeah my my drinking wasn't slowing down um it i mean it slowed down from college but me being able to say whether i was gonna have one drink or two or three or how many or get totally plowed uh was still there then i graduated law school and how many two months after that i think or three months i got and and one of my initial justifications that I didn't drink too much was that I would never drink and drive. Mm. So, because I didn't have a car,
0: Mm.
1: uh, which now I had a car and there weren't Ubers at this time. And so a few months after getting my law license, I almost lose it because I was blackout drunk. And this is, I was also, um, uh, recently married. Um, so I get blackout drunk and I'm driving to following uh, this buddy of mine from law school to a party and lose him. But like, I was horribly drunk. Got in a car accident with, uh, a couple leaving the hospital in the middle of the night, um, and they went in front of me and it's like raining, slid into them. The airbag goes off. So that was like by far the lowest. Mm-hmm. Uh, moment in my life Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and yeah, the car is totally banged up and I'm just floundering the other uh the couple that I hit are like screaming um the police are there within like two seconds they they were slowly coming out and going onto the road because they were they just had their first child like, the baby in the, the car. Oh,
0: fuck.
1: And, yeah. So, I'm, uh, the cops are obviously pissed at me, rightfully so. I'm asking, because I heard, the, like, the baby crying, so I'm asking, um, you know, is the baby okay or is the baby okay? And they're just telling me to shut the fuck up and, like, you know, handcuff me, do the surprise the, uh, alcohol test, sobriety test and everything. Then I put in a... Uh, you know the drunk tank, the hmm. thrown in the jail there, and then you know as you're sobering up, it's just like so fucking horrible, and nobody, my wife doesn't know where I am. Like I didn't have a phone, didn't like did call my job the next day, didn't know where I was, uh, and it was you know, and then I kept asking about the child, didn't get any word for that finally get out but like have my entire family and like all my loved ones like terrified uh that like something horrible something horrible happened but like something worse would happen and uh so rightfully so I got like my life so I had to go through all the um rehabilitation and going to AA and uh you know, paying and getting uh, drug tests and alcohol tests and still kept my job, even though my, like, I didn't show up for that day, but then uh, they were super understanding and helping my wife and still my wife, which she was understanding and like had a good support system after that and started, you know, at that moment, like with the low point was, I knew I would never drink again. And so Mm -hmm. that was 18 years ago. And I've never had a sip of alcohol since then. Wow. And, uh, it's just been one of those, it was always this thing hanging on me of, I had potential, uh, and I had like a lot of tools to build on to have a successful life and career, but then I was always self-sabotaging because of alcohol. And this was the biggest self-sabotage. So like almost lost my law license with just getting it and, you know, almost ruined my marriage when just <laughs> just starting out mm-hmm. and it's all, it's worked out. And now I'm like happily married, great, you know, have had like an exciting work and life balance and three kids, uh, but almost blew it completely with, uh, one night of just being a complete idiot
0: yeah yeah did you ever like hear about the- from that family oh I Jesus
1: I left that out yeah yeah so I I didn't hear for a month so they ended up being fine sure. and they're like there wasn't anything wrong with the car I've told this story before and I've left that out before <laughs> <to> <laughs> people are like uh what the hell <laughs> like oh yeah I got caught up in the long story, but yeah, so they ended up being fine and it like wasn't any issue with them, but it was a month before I found that out. Right. And so it was like a month of, you know, I'm a particularly like sensitive person and I think anybody would be, but it was not sleeping and like just, you know, and not about that and them versus like all this shit happening to me that I deserved and like, and then it ended up, you know, being the catalyst for me being sober. Uh, but at the time it was like just this idea that I could have hurt somebody who was just killing me.
0: How did you let go of, or maybe you try to let go over, or I just feel like if I was in that situation, I would feel I'm very hard on myself. I'm like a perfectionist. And so I feel like I would beat myself up. But like that doesn't do you any good because you can't move forward and uh, uh, change your life if you're just like, oh, I'm a, I'm awful. I can't believe that happened. Do you know what I mean? So like how were <clears throat> how were you able to like, was it AA?
1: It was. To be like, I'm a- not a
0: bad person. I did a bad thing. And now I'm moving on right. type of thing. You know what I mean?
1: Right. Um, so there was a, I would, I would say like this, it was a, but it, it was this, um, retreat that was, um uh, part of the probation and everything mm. that was kind of a catalyst for it and listening to other individuals that had these, did these horrible things, but those were things versus them being horrible. right? And, um, it took probably a year uh before i was really and it was a year of you know being sober and you'd have i would have all those like nightmares of getting drunk of course and i wake up all pissed at myself and then it's like oh wait that's a dream yeah and those kind of subsided after a year ish They, they would come on occasion but it was like a year of just focusing on like you know my new wife and focusing on my career and focusing on like building a better version of myself mm. and kind of leaning into my strengths versus uh, like leaning into my strength and just kind of doing a lot of uh, self-help and therapy to diminish this other aspect of me uh, and I would say at that time it got me through like real um, self-loathing uh, and I am generally like a optimist so it was kind of like all right this this was blessing in disguise because uh, part of growing up I like would say like I would never want uh, my kids to see me drunk like didn't like that type of environment so I was you know before kids so it was one of those like they have an environment where they don't know you know their parent drinking or getting drunk in front of them and that is great uh and i was pretty good for the longest time during the pandemic though um i think with a lot of people like the mass the global trauma of it. So I went, you know, got in, and this is part of like staying home and away from people, um, went into, a, uh, you know, clinical depression and unpacked a lot of stuff mm. and unpacking it and kind of getting to, um, root cause of, um, some, some behavior, uh, helped me kind of even heal more. Uh, Mm -hmm. to the point like some of the places like I didn't know I needed particular healing, it kind of developed and then I'm more at peace with myself and, you know, easier to love myself. These some of mine would be instead of um, looking out for myself or uh, doing things purely to, you know, honor my creative spirit or honor myself it was always gonna i want to do things for other people and like put myself out there for other people and ensure other people are happy and that was kind of that's draining uh and uh not particularly healthy and so i was kind of getting over that as well so
0: do you feel like so i uh am an aa too i don't know if you knew that maybe you did uh i i think i saw him uh, yeah, yeah yeah i'm like i don't know i have like 14 months or something um but thanks. Um, some I I've heard some people say that like part of their obviously there's a bunch of different reasons why people drink or or alcoholics or whatever. But it was interesting because some people I've heard were like. Oh, I'm a like a people pleaser. I want other people to be happy, and that played into the drinking too. Because it's like, oh, I want to ha- people to know that I'm having a good time. I I don't want to say no to this person who wants to go out. I don't want to say no to this person who like is like here, have another drink or whatever. Do you feel like that? Do you feel like the people pleasing and um the alcoholism are like related at all, or are they like separate I think, things?
1: No, I think they're I think they're related. Uh- To some extent. And it was, you know, when you drink, I'm the funniest person in the room. I'm the smartest person in the room. Mm, To get like validation that that way. I, well, yeah, I wanna go entertain people. I wanna go and like make people laugh. And there was this fear that, you know, if I stop, then, you know, your friends continue and they go do their own thing and you're not, you're no longer defined as that funny individual. And then I went to a few parties. Usually it was kind of like six months after like this whole incident and everything. And then there was this realization where, especially at this time with how old uh, my circle of uh, friends were, that they're not really thinking of you drinking. So I was, you know, drinking the non-alcoholic beer uh, or just Coke. And there was always this moment where you kind of notice everybody around you just loud and they're like oh wow i've never noticed i've never
0: seen this like it's so wild like
1: but it's as you're talking to someone sometimes it's like so much over and then there's just like this veil like oh i could walk away and you will not remember so i'm gonna actually yeah and that was that was uh refreshing in a sense because I then i knew i can still be myself and like i'm not Amplified by the alcohol, it's more. I tell myself these stories. I'm still like, I can still be funny and can still get along with people totally sober. And then the only real change was I felt more comfortable leaving conversations and leaving parties because people were at this like lit stage and knowing like they won't remember and they don't really care what's going on with me yeah. at this point. Yeah. Uh, And it would like historically that would be the point like in the night where I join them and like you know take it to the level where it's not great. Uh, So uh, going to a few parties like that, I was like, okay, I can do this.
0: Yeah. Do you feel like geographically being in the Midwest um, had any influence on like the amount of drinking that you or other people do? I. I feel like I've talked to some people who are from the Midwest and they're like, well, yeah, there's not like maybe not in Detroit because there's stuff to do. But like like in Minnesota, people will be like, well, there's not I have nothing to do in the winter for like, you know, eight months, six, eight months out of the year. It's freezing. You're inside. So you have nothing to do except drink was sort of some of the things that I heard. Did you feel like that was anything that you dealt with or is that not? Does that not? No.
1: No, it's more the yeah. So there's there's a lot of stuff to do where where I am, uh, but it's more of the the Irish Catholic in me. I Got would say, it. and uh, that it being glorified. Yeah. Especially growing up, it was very. Uh, it was just it was just a thing. It was like a household full of, kind of, doing a little. Oh, you froze.
0: Oh no, can you hear me? Oh wait, there you are.
1: Yeah, all right, I came back. Okay. I just messed up I froze. Uh yeah. So Irish. I, I, Catholic. Froze. I it was yeah. And that it was and it was just like uh glorified. That's yeah. That's the one like the stereotypical Irish uh type uh you know, big family and yeah. big parties and everything. So yeah. And I had this being the youngest, just having to be the wildest and kind of push push the envelope all the time. Mm-hmm. So I had to, you know, if somebody else was drinking, I had to drink a little more. Someone else was doing like thinking about doing something, I would have to do it. So it was sure. not a very great trait that I had, but yeah, I think it's a little like the competitiveness.
0: What type of, when you went to therapy, was it? So it came about in the pandemic. Yeah. Okay, and you were just feeling like probably like the collective of the world was feeling in like like hopelessness or like what what made you go like oh I think I need therapy.
1: Yeah. Um, well, it was you know an open dialogue with my wife, but sure. it was also. It, Well, it was, it was such a different feeling than I was used to. And I I definitely had felt it at times during college and didn't really have any tools to define it, but it was this whole like weight, um, like our cloak just like draped over me and having these dialogues in my head that aren't me, if that makes sense. So it's like being able to step outside of myself. And I think the art practice and um, I kind of mindfulness kind of helps with being able to walk outside yourself and you're like, wow, that's not me. Like, I, I don't have thoughts like this. I don't like get like over, I, you know, I'd get overwhelmed with just being on camera or with people and getting angry, like very easily, which I'm a super mellow, non- I don't have a temper at all, except like if I'm driving uh but i had a temper and it was it was this, this whole influx of and like just randomly bawling my eyes out mm. again not someone that does that so it's like a lot of these new character traits that were not me and um uh, you know needed to you know talk to someone that you yeah know, 24 not 24 summer but someone that deals with uh, diagnosing and like treating, uh, things like this. And so and then like, as I talked to her and like spoke more and spoke, you give your history and like these different, uh, points of your life and just where you are right now. And it was, um, uh, it was just the greatest thing I ever could have done for myself. And, you know, after a while, um, got back into my uh, right, uh, mindset and like, diminished uh what was going on. So yeah and now it's kind of I have to I have a set. It it was triggered then it's like it's something that's kind of hanging out there now. So I just have to have like this routine that I have to do and stay in my uh what I would say my true personality. Uh, but it was it was a very what, weird experience.
0: Yeah, what when you say routine, what is that what does that mean?
1: Um uh, it so the, um, uh, medication, uh, and then, uh, meditating, it, it's just 10 minutes in the morning, getting t- uh, to sleep at a good time uh, in the evening and, uh, doing some sort of physical activity and getting outside, uh, because, you know, it's, and it's one of the, like, I have to do all those things. These, yeah. Like, will skip one of them or not do one of them and then it like you feel it you're like okay okay that was dumb
0: so man that's such a great routine to have like I'm on medication I do move my body every day but the, the meditation thing I've done I've gone in and out of doing like I've tried different ones mindfulness versus um, like a TM like a transcendental meditation like but I, I have a really hard time sticking to it
1: yeah, so the I was using the call app. I still yeah. use the call app. It's just ten minutes, which I love. And I wake up early, so it's like the house is to myself. I'm able to do that. The I would you know do art therapy, mm-hmm. uh, and the um, the Amadexers drawings that you see, yeah, like that was that's very therapeutic to me. Yeah. So it do, doing those uh, that came about with the I never like. Recorded and would show the the two-handed drawing, but I would do that sometimes when I was getting like overwhelmed or anxious. I would do drawings like that, and it, when you're creating art, you totally stop thinking about everything else, and you're just thinking of that thing, and it's very mm-hmm. nourishing to the soul. And I was I, I, was in law school. I for one semester I didn't create any art. I hated that idea and I hated that fact. So then since then I make sure like every day I do something, I create something. It could be just like a little sketch and that that's part of my routine too. I guess I left that out, but that's definitely have to be doing that because it really lets me, you know, with the legal and compliance work that I do, um, it helps me shut that off immediately. And then I'm better at that role if I'm able to step away from it and not like obsess over things.
0: Yeah. When did you start like filming it and putting it on TikTok, your art?
1: 2019. Oh, okay. Just before. So
0: earlier than a lot of people, I would say, right? Because like 2020, I feel like was when people really got into it because there's nothing to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, It was, I did the Gary V challenge, which Gary Vaynerchuk put out this. slides like 252 ways to like make content or something oh. and i really wanted to push my art career more and i just started posting tons of like my work in progress and like little you know memes or whatever and then i posted a couple like one-handed drawings so the, those were doing well so then i like the, it it actually was it came up because my son, who was I think five at the time, couldn't decide what hand he was. And I was in the kitchen with my wife and my mom. And my wife was like, "Oh, that's so weird that James goes back and forth and can't figure out what hand he is." And my mom was like, "Oh, Colin was like that too." And like so, so my mo- my mom was as well. Like she would go back and forth.
0: Interesting. And
1: then, and yeah, so then I'm like, "Oh yeah, I can draw just as well with my left hand and right with my left hand than my right hand." And then my wife was like, okay, sure. So that's, that's just to prove oh. myself. I started, like, I drew something, like, wrote something out. Um, and then I started doing the videos that I did. I forget what the first video was, but, like, the first video, when I did one, it, like, blew up like crazy. And that's, like, hugely motivating is when you start getting tons of views and just comments. And then in the pandemic, in particular, people were give me DMs or like comments saying how relaxing it was to watch me and how soothing it was. And even friends tell me how their kids, like if they're acting up as, you know, uh, what have you, she'll like play the video and they, they, it's calming for them to like watch just these yeah abodextrous mirror drawings. And that's motivating. Again, I get to please people. <laughs> so
0: Sure. Yeah. It's interesting because like, if you started to like blow up in like, would you say like 2020 or was it in 2019? 2019. 2019. It, was Dece- okay. it was
1: December, 2019. Okay. Some things, And then it was like all through 2020.
0: It's like you were blowing up and yet you were still experiencing depression. Oh yeah. Which yeah. I think it's interesting because a lot of people think like, oh, as soon as I get this thing, as soon as I get this many followers, as soon as I get this much interaction, I'll feel better. You know what I mean? And especially at least in my industry and entertainment, it's like all we want is someone to like come to our show or watch our thing or or book us uh, on a show or whatever. And it's like, well, when you get that thing, then there's a new thing that you want. And so I'm just curious about how the the relationship between your depression and also blowing up on TikTok. Uh,
1: it's that's interesting it's there's aspects of it that were healthy and and nice um just you know people being moved by your art and reaching out to you and having that interaction. uh but i i like stopped for a month um, in may may june um uh, really posting as much or you know because it was it was too much of a chore and i wasn't Mm. enjoying it so i needed you know a breather and i've done that more like the first year i was really just going crazy with it and enjoying it and then it becomes a chore and then it's last thing i want is something to make it where art is a chore and part of that's really a big reason I went to law school is because I didn't want to have to live off of my art and put that pressure on just the creative process for me. And I did sell some uh, paintings in college. I didn't like the feeling, which isn't great for something yeah. that you would want to do a career for. Like I didn't like the idea of selling my work.
0: What did you not like about it?
1: I just, it's, especially at the time, I'm I just loved this piece of art that I created so I'm like someone bought it I'm never gonna see it again
0: yeah yeah yeah. okay okay (laughs)
1: I think that's less now because uh I like you know I could take pictures of anything and create prints of anything sure at the time like it just you know it was a long long time ago so I didn't really have that and I'm just over it in general you know you know valuing myself and you know this this is a skill that i have and it brings joy it's like you can put a price tag on it but um uh, the so uh, like social media in general is very uh, difficult like i love it i do lo- like this interaction and meeting you and coming yeah. across your channel and like um, there's like certain videos that resonated with me and it that's even with art, like when I see art that says something in a new way that resonates with me, that's, that's, you know, nourishing and that's fulfilling. But then, um, when it's becoming a chore and you have you know, a post go viral one day and then the next month it's barely any views and like getting sad about that, mm. which is weird. Yeah. and i didn't like that i like i don't want to be like upset that i didn't get a lot of views like i don't particularly care i want to produce more and i think some of it will some of the joy i had with social media in particular is starting to come back because i'm promoting my like this dark Solutions, this, this compliance thing that I have and this law for just promoting other things about my personality sure. versus just the art. And I think that's gonna make it sustainable for me where when it's just the art and I get flack for posting anything political or I uh, sure. feel like I can't post about this other aspect of me, even though that's taking up a lot of the, the uh, my bandwidth was making it where I was kind of not happy with some of the platforms where I'm getting re-engaged with it because you know, I am complicated and have many facets and it's fun to share all that. And then I meet different people based on these different facets. I'm just leaning into that more
0: yeah it's interesting i relate to that where it's like as soon as you take the thing that you do for the love of it or the for the fun of it and you make it a thing that you're doing for like income or just like professionally or posting on social media that's your thing you're like oh fuck, this is not fun anymore uh and so it's like it's nice to have these sort of like sacred things that you do or enjoy doing that don't get like touched by capitalism you know what i mean Yes. Yes. <laughs> mm. Yeah. How? Um. How do you? Well, maybe you don't get this. Do you get any like trolls or haters on your? So, oh, you do.
1: Yeah. The, what does so that look like?
0: Up,
1: this came up in the Gary Vaynerchuk uh, podcast. Oh
0: wait, uh, tell me. I'm excited. So I'll
1: post. I'll post. I'll post some political things ish they're not even political like uh human rights type of stuff <laughs> uh caring about other oh right
0: stuff. that whole thing how oh, that's so political our fucking world yeah. man
1: it's like i care about other humans i don't like when other humans are bullied. you so i'll post that <laughs> and there's just certain uh groups that i care about and uh when i post you know the fact that I care, uh, about certain communities, I get trolls and it's, you know, it's, uh, the anti-Semitic ones were the worst. I have like the trans rights and everything. I got some, um, and it was, you know, pretty cliche, nothing really thought you know yeah that would change me or make me pause or like really put any energy into it but then the anti-semitic stuff was like so overly aggressive i was really shocked. yeah and that's that's the you know, like groups that would go into my dms and just be very hateful And when, when we're talking about this, the other podcast is, you know, it's good nursing for your soul to like, when people say that they're unfollowing you because they followed you for the drawing and now like they hate you because of this and just saying like, you know, that's on that. That's obviously their issue and their thing. So you can like send a video and just say, Hey, appreciate that you ever followed me. Uh, And, you know, wish you well or what have you.
0: Wait, you do that?
1: Oh, <laughs> that was that was that was the advice.
0: Man. Wait, the advice is to like if someone's like, I fucking hate this group of people to reply or, and I'm unfollowing f- you to reply and be like, hey, thanks for following me. I'm sorry that you hate Jewish people. Uh, Take care. Like, I'm like, how would you even. It wasn't I wasn't that specific, but that's that that was. I'm, like, I would never want to message be... someone like that. I don't want to even give them like my attention. It's like a kid where it's like you don't want to like give them attention for their negative behavior you know right. and like you know and what reinforcing
1: I mean yeah exactly yeah, so that's that that was that was so that's my mindset there's certain like issues that I might do that I might consider that uh but this isn't one of them and it is one of those where you have to protect your boundaries and you have to protect yourself from toxic people especially if you're a people pleaser and that's one area I've got pretty good at the last I would say eight years and when th- that stuff happens it's just like a quick block I'm like all right whoa mm. and it's for me like there's I can't like have that come in and like uh give it any any validity by saying like hey mine's differ you know and that's sure it's like no there's <laughs> That's the other thing where everything, you know, everybody likes the thing, and uh, it's either A or B, or like, you know, somewhere in the middle, somewhere is reasonable. It's like, no, there's also good and evil. Yeah. And there's also, even uh, someone said to me where there was a disagreement, and they're like, well, I'll, you know, I'll hear your side, and then I'll hear their side, and then somewhere in the middle is the truth. I'm like, no it's not like a 50 50 thing it's like there's my side where the truth is right next to my shoe and then their side where they're in a different fucking planet yeah so it's not it's not a oh you know saint minds can differ it's like no. Yeah. sometimes like some people are experts some people have a little deeper substance and it you know empathy for others and some people don't and you don't have to try to simplify it to say uh, there's it's the dichotomy of A or B. It's like there's also very complex people, very complex issues, and then just people that are off the fucking wall that you have to let them stay over there and kind of carve out and not put any weight into the silly shit that they say.
0: Yeah, so you just, like, you just block them and then move on. Yeah. Do you ever, I yeah. talked to somebody who is, like, a pretty big, like, sex worker on TikTok, and she just, like, um goes and, like, puts keywords into whatever, like, um God damn it, I don't know what it's called, but, like, in her profile, you can be like, I don't want to see these words. I don't want to allow comments that have these words in them, and so then the comments just won't show up, and you don't even have to, like, deal with it in, like, entering your brain, which is like, and then I looked and I was like, "Oh yeah, like you can put in like whatever you wanted to do. Um, let's, I don't know, like ugly, gross, whatever, and like type it in and hit it, and then you'll never see comments that have those word keywords in them." And I was like, "Oh, love that." I did not
1: know that was there. I it's on Instagram
0: that. too, because it's so like Instagram.
1: Instagram is where I've I've gotten it. It hasn't oh. been on any other. So YouTube, uh, TikTok, I rarely um but uh so instagram, instagram
0: yeah interesting well yeah you can do keywords on instagram too where you never have to like see comments that are like that which is like crazy but also no it's like would love that because i like you know i just don't want to see it at all i don't want it to enter into my brain in any way you know love it, it in off. real life
1: and wear like a t-shirt that says <laughs> yeah if you're gonna say this shit just keep it <gasps> to yourself
0: are you on twitter or were you or are you
1: i was I feel like I'm, that's I'm the worst so. place
0: for trolls.
1: Yeah, but that's our. I wa I I mean I was like when it first started I think, and then I'm on and off, so I don't really see that much in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like escalate. You know, there's some like I'm a little interested to like get some of the trolls going, but then I'm like oh, right <laughs> I know I, just... <laughs>
0: I posted a political thing yesterday for Fourth of July. Uh, and it was really fun to go in there and just, cause like, I'm pretty quick with, like I'm a fucking comedy writer. Like I would, I highly suggest not coming into my comments saying something stupid. Cause I will like truly run circles around your ass. Um, but then it's fun when like other people do it for you and like, you don't have to do anything and you just have someone come in and like fucking nail somebody. And I'm like, Oh, that's great. I love it when you guys just handle each other and I don't have to do anything. (laughs)
1: Yes. You just throw it out there and then it's entertaining.
0: Yeah. 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 Let's go, oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Write that one down. Uh I wish I was more of a people pleaser, to be honest with you. I'm so like the other way where I'm just like, I don't care. (laughs) And I wish that I was like I'm I'm like sensitive, definitely, but like also I don't take if someone's gonna be an asshole, I'm just like I'm not gonna try to Convince you to not be that, you know. I'd rather like put my attention on like the people who love me than try to change the minds of the people that don't.
1: Yeah, so that that's where it's interesting because I am a people pleaser, except to bullies, and then when oh, sure. and it switch is switches pretty quickly, and so it's pretty shocking, especially like in the workplace because everybody thinks I'm like you know easygoing and funny, and I'm the guy that cracks jokes in all the meetings and all that stuff. But then it's if you try to take advantage of that or you're a bully to somebody else in particular, then it's a totally different person. Yeah. Uh, not totally, it's still me, but then it's calling you out and be very direct direct sure. like that's fucking ridiculous. Can't say shit. And it it's nice because I'm not always that way. It has more of an impact when I am. It like yeah. takes people back. They're like, oh
0: shit. Yeah. I need to get I need to get a little more of that like people-pleasing, making people happy side. Uh, I would love to have a little bit more of that. Is there something right now that you're working on, like whether it's in therapy or meditation or something that you're just like, I want to be better at this thing? Um, Or are you do you feel like you're in a pretty good place with your routine of uh, meditation, medication, that it's, type
1: of thing? I'm pretty good with my routine. Yeah. I... I'm working on staying with the routine
0: yeah.
1: and making sure that I, you know, with anything, it's like, we have these reactive tendencies and a lot of that's always built on, you know, trauma or other stuff that happened when you were younger and that's how you're going to initially react to something. So I'm always working on this pause and then, you know, pause, think, react, but like pause, especially if some of the, um, reaction is just going to be that like hate or like this oh you're not doing enough what did, well, with with leaving my job so it's been this roller coaster of oh this is great it's so fulfilling it's like it was this bs that i wanted to leave behind and i stuck up for myself and i'm like did the thing and then two seconds later it's like oh shit, what did i do like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm this middle-aged man and like i'm you know making this bet on myself that's but then pausing and being like, all right, we'll figure it out. And just continue to like have that motto. It's like, you'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. This this will work out. And that positive self-talk. And then the other thing to work on though, is meeting, creating an environment where I'm seeing other people interacting with other people and getting nourishment through that. Because like I said, being by myself right now, it's summer. So the kids are out of school. And- right you know, that is going to take up a lot of time, but when it's purely, you're stuck in your own head, that can be not the greatest place to be stuck in. So, making sure I recognize that in myself and schedule, because I'm often, you know, all over the place, because I have like a million things I want to do and, and I want to get done. So, it's starting something, jumping to something else and trying to finish something else. So, being very particular about, these are the three things I need to get done today and getting them done. Um, so that, you know, I don't get into any like bad mindsets or
0: just. yeah. Now that you're like, now that you've like left your job, what are you focused? Like, what's your next thing? What are you like putting your focus towards?
1: So I'm. What I did there is like, I was general counsel and chief compliance officer for a FinTech and helped build the FinTech and now it's like sustainable. So now I'm doing that, but kind of on my own terms. So I'm at a law firm and it's this entrepreneurial startup law firm, which is Mm. what I liked the most with my company is when I wore multiple hats at the beginning and was solving all these random problems. Like I need that. So when it was getting more mature and. Uh, scalable and you have to pigeonhole people, especially like a lawyer, it's like, this is what you're going to do. Stop trying to do anything creative. I, that's not a good environment for me. So now it's boring. Yeah, exactly. And so I'm with a law firm and it's, you know, I'm the sixth person or seventh person and they're all young and entrepreneurial and doing a bunch of stuff. Uh, And they're called Go With Canvas, which I also like because it's kind of a random name and it's like, I'm a painter and I have canvas. Sure, oh, yeah. And it was one of those, I was re- the founder of that firm. I was recruiting, trying to have him join me at this the company I was working at. And then he like, uno reverse card. He's like, you don't sound like
0: yeah. you want to
1: stay there. So that's funny, what a good me? tactic. Like, oh, you win. <laughs> and then the other thing is just, all Dark Solutions, which is just me uh, doing co- kind of the compliance stuff and helping people build things that way. And so I can have multiple clients building something. And then, so I can help them with multiple problems and that's exciting. And that's where I get a lot of energy from is just solving problems that way. And then just my art, which is.
0: Listen, I fun. am stupid when it comes to this what does compliance mean what does that mean no idea what that means
1: so with it's just complying with the law so it's a hand in hand with um uh being a lawyer uh, but you don't have to be a lawyer to be a compliance professional but it's making sure that there's policies procedures and protocols Got and it. guides and like a feedback loop so like if somebody complains about your company or someone messes something up you're going to mitigate that or resolve it, it versus letting it linger. So it's all long-term stuff too. It's like setting something up so that it, it's long-term sustainable where individually, like, you know, you're keeping this company or, you know, helping this individual avoid future headaches got where it. at a corporation, it's often like very driven and you got the CEO is wanting to, move 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 and like make a lot of money so the compliance and legal professionals that are long-term risk mitigation it's hard to see their value uh until something comes up so until mm-hmm. like there's a huge issue then it's like oh, okay we're avoiding this huge issue because you put these things in place
0: i feel like so many theaters here need that because it's like hey i need a report to report something to hr and they're like well we don't have that you know it's like shit like that and i'm like all right this is an issue uh you guys yes, need now see. i know i'm gonna be like you guys need a compliance person now i know that yes. now i know the the title to say um yes
1: they do if they're like <laughs> it's like small businesses are like well we never really thought about how we would comply with the laws yeah uh
0: okay as we wrap up i want to ask um one last question if you could Give a piece of advice to somebody who's currently experiencing a low point um what piece of advice would you give them
1: so it's a lot of it's just being kind to yourself and you owe it to yourself to be kind to yourself and your future self will thank you for being kind to yourself and when you're in this low point you get kind of manipulated by your internal mind and this negativity bias that we all have. And it's, you know, it served you well when we are cavemen and we thought, you know, something bad's going to happen. So we're not going to do it. So we avoid the trees because there could be a tiger. And those are the people that survived and that's where we are now. So you're going to have this instinctual negativity bias and you have to avoid leaning into that. You got to name it and say like, when you're doing this, Um, self-hate or going down the spiral of doubting yourself because you're you did this thing remind yourself that this is instinctual you have the negativity bias and there's so many great things that can come from you and this can be your wake-up call or your path to something better for your future self and really get into the visualizing like this is your future self and how you would be happy if you just stopped doing this or started doing this and give yourself patience and give yourself room to grow into that and surround yourself with people that are going to be cheerleaders. And, you know, you get like a board of directors internally where it's positive people that bring other things to the table that you can talk to and get feedback from that's healthy and helpful and avoid some of the people that like love to wallow and, and be negative because if you're in a low point that's not going to serve you and you need to honor yourself and serve yourself to kind of build off of that
0: yeah uh that's so well put um thank you so much for giving me an hour of your time i really appreciate it oh uh, one last question i'm i don't know why i didn't ask this before how was is- how did your family deal with him? Like, well, here's one really big question. Right as we leave, Um, with like medication, like with medication, because I know you said like Irish Catholic. Are they like cool with with um, like mental health medications, or were they like this is weird?
1: Um, yeah, the the parents I don't talk to about it. My one Got sister, it.
0: smart, is
1: uh, the other artist. She's an art therapist, and she's cool. the one that. Yeah,
0: she's the one I could talk to about all of this. Yeah, got it. That's uh, So many people are like, have stigmas with it. And I'm like, I've been on medication for a long time. And I plan to continue to be on that because uh, you, all, you don't want me to be a, I will lose my mind. Um, so OK, I had to ask that because I feel like people come on here and have different um, yeah. interactions with family members based on that type of thing. Yes. Uh, thank you again. I really appreciate it. Um, of course. And it was so good getting to know you. You as well. Thanks for listening to this episode of How the Fuck Did You Bounce Back? I'm Rebecca Lee. And if you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to leave a review, a comment, like it, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening to this right now. And remember, new episodes every Thursday. Take good care of yourself.